Hello and welcome to the Sensibility Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Baker. I'm financial advisor, money mindset coach, and all-out money guru when it comes to creating the financial future you are after. This is the podcast where we make talking money normal and manifesting into our lives practical. I share with you money mindset tips and tricks as well as practical financial strategies to help you create the financial life and relationship with money that you deserve. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Well, welcome to the Sensibility Podcast. I have a very special guest here today. Chelsea's come on board. Thank you for coming um, to share her experience of um, what it was like to go through that money coaching and the money mindset coaching process with me. About 18 months ago, you came to me and it was, you know, I absolutely loved um, working with you and to see how you just went from strength to strength, leaps and bounds. So I just wanted to get you on the show to talk about your experience. Sort of, well, probably best to start is where you were at and what your beliefs or attitudes were when we first met about money. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, when I first met you, well, prior to meeting you, you know, 18 months ago, I had a horrendous relationship with money in terms of I hated money and I thought money was just like not ruining my life as such, but because I I knew I had a bad relationship, I hated it. I didn't like talking about it. I then became in denial about where I was at in my financial situation. I, you know, I had really like physical yucky like energy about money, you know, anytime there was talk about money, I would just do anything to change the topic. And so with that, I just thought, I knew straight away that, you know, I, I needed to sort it out, but I didn't really know how to go about doing it because I, at the time I thought that the only way of even starting to figure out how to move forward you know, with gaining a better relationship with money is going to see a financial advisor. And that to me was super scary and super black and white. And I just thought, you know, they're, they're great people and they've got, you know, amazing knowledge and whatnot, but I didn't want to be judged for where I was at. And I, you know, made up all these stories for me to not go and see one. So I felt like I was, you know, kind of a bit stuck and a bit of, in a hole in terms of like, how am I going to learn to deal with my money, you know, relationship? And so um, when my sister introduced me to you or even just told me about what money coaching was or introduced what money coaching was, I was like, what's money coaching? Like that's, what, what is that? Like I was naturally just so curious. And um, and I think it was the coaching side of it. I think I, I knew I needed more of the like rather than crunching numbers, I, the numbers wasn't really going to do it for me. It was how am I going to nurture my relationship with money? Where am I going wrong with it? Where are my blocks? And so learning that money coaching was more about not the energy side of it, but my relationship with it. I was like, sign me up. Like that is what I need. I just knew I needed it. So, um, and then I actually became rather than resistant. I was like, literally I got in touch with you the next day. And I was like, when can we start? So, um, yeah, that, that was kind of how it all began. And you were so proactive and so open to really tackling any of the issues. So, um, actually I remember you were very emotionally fueled by, and most people are, most people deny it or suppress it, but 
this is why there's, you know, arguments that occur in relationships about money because it's such an emotionally fueled thing because we attach so much to money. And sort of what we've got to do in this process is actually detach it and see it as actually an energetic exchange and a tool that can actually really help in our lives if we understood its purpose, you know, and remove that negativity and all of that kind of thing. One of the things I do remember you've used the word gross about money. I'll never forget that. And I love it because everybody has their version and story around money and yours was quite unique. I loved how you articulated your relationship with money at the time. Yeah, that was, um, I'm glad you brought that up actually, because I do find myself a year and a half later reflecting and going, wow, remember the time when I thought that like, oh, money in, in my situation, everything, it was just like this. It's like, I felt gross about it all. And it's, I don't feel like that anymore. It's literally gone. And when, when money flows into my bank account and when it flows out to pay my bills, there's just, it's just so easy. And there's gratitude and there's like abundance and all the things that I've been working with you. Um, yeah, it's completely transformed that growth into like, yeah, it, I feel good where I'm at. One of the things that is actually one of the tools we use is that gratitude process of, and it does shift your perspective, right? When you start seeing how money is that tool that you can pay a bill and appreciate what that bill has paid for. Do you want to just share about your, your experience about that gratitude journey that um, you went through? Yeah. So I think prior, prior to learning or prior to going through that exercise, was realizing I am not grateful for the money that I do have, number one, and therefore having the mindset of like always wanting or needing more but never being able to get it um, because I was never happy with my current situation. And then like furthermore to that, when money would come into my life, I found it really hard to receive it and be grateful for it. So I would feel like I didn't deserve it. So there was kind of like this catch-22 for me where I wanted it, but when I was getting it, I wasn't grateful for it and then I didn't want it. And, yeah, it was really strange. And so um, when we spoke about having – it was more about shifting the perspective. So of me saying, oh, you know, I've got um, all this debt and, um, you know, learning what emotions I had attached to that debt you know, lots of shame and guilt and all these really gross emotions that would make me feel like I don't want to go there. So I would be in denial about it. Learning about those and kind of facing them and then switching it to being grateful for where I'm at or or grateful to be able to pay those bills back. That was one huge shift for me. And it was, it was like, easy for me, but also difficult depending on the situation, depending on where the money was coming from and where the money was going to. And so, yeah, I had one, one particular thing that I struggled with, which was my, my dad used to say, you know, um, oh, he, he would always, you're right for money, love. Like, you know, he'd always wanted to, you know, see if he can give me money. And I took that as I'm, I'm good. Like I'm independent. You know, I don't stop trying to give me money. Like I'm not your, 
you're like, and I'm not a young girl anymore. I don't need money. Like I'm sorted. And that was a huge block for me because I remember talking to you about that and, and you kind of taking it um, from more of a compassionate, I think maybe, and, and grateful perspective where it was like, well, hang on, like that's that could be him showing showing you that he loves you because he doesn't know any other way to provide for you, you know, and you're in your late 20s now, you're not a little girl anymore, so he doesn't know how to like, you know, show you love in that way. And I was like, for me, that was a game changer because, you know, realizing that, yeah, that's just his way of showing love and that's all he knows how to do at the moment. And yeah, just being grateful for not the money side of things, but showing love. And then with that came the acceptance and the receiving of the money. And, and then also me then paying it forward elsewhere. And that became this like this, the ebbs and flows of like my, my money um, relationship, I guess. I mean, in, in the time that we started working to, I think, the six, six months after we finished working together, you had clear debt. Um, one of your goals was actually to be comfortable talking about finance and money and your financial, you know, goals with your partner. So you cleared debt, you got engaged, and you guys bought a house, like all in six months, right? That is just such a whirlwind. So it really showed how quickly you shifted that perspective about money from holding you back to propelling you forward to doing the things that you deeply desired. It was already within you. And I found that incredible when we, when we caught up six months later, I was like, wow, that is amazing. Well, like that made me go like, you know, do a happy dance in all honesty. It just makes the work that I do um, so fulfilling, but to see somebody really shift and you really struggled initially to have those conversations with your partner. And I think that's now created such a good foundation because you guys are now sharing a life together and going into that new phase. Absolutely. Yeah. That, um, that was one of my biggest goals was to be able to talk about money comfortably and confidently to not just, you know, um, even just like friends and random conversations, but to the ones that who are closest to me and who, especially my partner who, you know, we literally need to talk about money to be able to make decisions in, in our future. So, um, this was prior to purchasing our home and getting engaged and, and all, all the things. And I was like, I just got to bite the bullet, you know, really dig deep and, um, be confident enough to, I, because I, I guess one of the huge blocks for not talking about it was feeling shame and guilt around what my money story was, and that's and that was just it. You you have a money story, but then you also create a story in your mind of how others are going to react to where you are at, you know. And that was a huge block and challenge for me was to sit down and talk to my partner about, you know, this is where I'm at. I'm not happy about it. You know, I have a lot of, I carry a lot of shame. I carry a lot of guilt. I wish I was in a different position, but I'm not. And you literally just get really vulnerable about your, your money story. And, and I think, yeah, that was definitely probably the most challenging part for me. But I realized that once I sat down with him and I just said, this is a really hard conversation for me to have, you know, but he knew that I was doing the work with you and he knew how, you know, 
focused and determined I was to move past whatever blocks I had. Um, he was, you know, if, if you love each other, then he's obviously going to be really supportive and he's going to really hold space for me. So I was very grateful for that. And yeah, once I was able to have that conversation, I think that conversation was, was basically the foundation of what came after that, because it was like this level of, um, okay, this is where we're at. How are we going to get to where we want to be, you know? And there was, yeah, just a day by day the shame and the guilt just kind of, you know, stripped away from me and I, yeah, became just more abundant and more and more grateful. So That's so amazing. You know, you push through something I just picked up there and this is um, something I see not just with people I coach and the work, even actually the financial, financial planning clients that I've got, is that it's natural, it's human nature for us to stay safe even though the safe it could be not serving us. So in your situation, you in the past would just shy away from having a, these open conversation, you know, around money, but this time you pushed through, you became uncomfortable um, and that actually sort of broke you free from that. And a lot of people get so afraid that they don't do that, but then they become prisoners to the situation and they don't grow from there. But the growth sometimes can be a bit painful but it's a short-term pain for the bigger gain, you know, and that's the mindset thing is if we actually understand that where we're at hasn't been serving us and we have to be a little bit uncomfortable to then break free, it's such a game changer, you know, and, and we just do, we get trapped and our brains are designed to stay comfortable, to stay and shy away from pain. But the reality is, as you were in this situation, you were in pain around your relationship with money. So... The question there is, how long do you want to stay there for? Or, and if, you know, if you aren't going to do anything, what is that going to look like in the future? But if you do just step forward and push through and have those uncomfortable conversations initially, that's going to get you to the next level where you're no longer sort of bound to those, you know, those negative emotions and this negative, that negative relationship that you've been in that's been holding you back for all these years. So it's been, that's, I think, the, and you just said, it's probably the toughest, but probably the most groundbreaking for you is to push through that little bit of discomfort to have that conversation with your partner. And that's where it sort of like shifted everything and propelled you to where you are and where you're heading, which is fantastic and very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I um, wanted, the, wanted just to add to that, like, you know, if to give like a really specific example, it could, one, one thing that I found really difficult in, in the past before even, you know, meeting you in terms of not being able to talk about money with my partner or with someone else would be able to even say no. I, I struggled to say no to anyone, you know, if someone was to say like, let's go out for lunch or let's catch up and, you know, and, and money was involved. I couldn't even say no because I didn't want to have to enter a conversation as to why I'm saying no, which the why behind that was like, oh, I don't want to spend money because I, you know, I don't want to, I can't spend the money or like I've got a budget or whatever. And, and obviously there I had like a lack of boundaries. So, you know, something that's so simple as being able to say no or being able to just say to my partner, like, 
actually, no, like, I don't have money in my budget this week. Like, can we postpone that for next week? That just comes so easily for me now. Like, I don't put this level of, like, you don't have enough money. Like, you know, this bad self-talk. Um, it's, it's, yeah, truly a game changer. It's so funny because the bad self-talk often is what has been ruling us, right? And we don't really, we're not aware of how much that self-talk is there until you start, you know, that's why we did that money story, if you remember. We wrote it all out and we start, and then I pointed out the, the language. Remember that? And we go through the language and the, the patterns and even looking at the patterns in relationships and you start sort of becoming aware to the, the self-talk and how that has affected not just your relationship and decision-making with money but how it's affected relationships over, overall in your life. Um, which is amazing. That's what I love about this work, right? It's this awareness piece that you kind of start coming to see and it really does shift things differently because now you are the one in control. Money is simply the tool and it's often been given a lot more power than, you know, it should. We're the ones who are the power, you know, we're the powerhouses. We're the ones who hold the power uh, not money and not anyone else. We actually rule our own sort of world, so to speak. So have you had any experience about that sort of shift in, you know, taking back some of that power for yourself? Yes. While you were talking, I was instantaneously reflecting on what that looks like for me now. And w what I've noticed is, um, you know, you, like you said about the awareness, you become aware of what your behaviors are around earning money, spending money, however, whatever you do with your money. And looking back to what my behaviors was, behaviors were before they were out of control in terms of not having boundaries. Um, money was, um, like I never saw myself as the controller of money. I saw just myself as you know, everyone needs money to do the things they want to do. I never had any like structure around how to use money in a way that was going to get me where I wanted to go. And so now I use my money differently. I spend it differently. I talk to it differently. I talk to myself about it differently. And, um, it's, yeah, just the way that I, the, the way that I, and with money and yeah, just my behaviors have completely, have completely changed. And, um, I just feel so much more in control and, um, there's just no way I can go back anymore. Like it's, it's like a lifestyle change. It's, it's like when you start eating healthy, you know, you don't just eat healthy for a month and then, you know, you're, you're, you're healthy and you're fit and you're forever. You're, you're, you're good. It's completely a lifestyle change. Now I can never go back to, to how I was, um, spending and, and behaving with, with money anymore. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so funny. I use that analogy all the time uh, with the health and fitness when it comes to finance as well because you know, a lot of people just think, oh, okay, well, if I create a budget, then I'll get, I, I've got my shit together when it comes to my money. And then they fail because they do it once and then they don't go back every fortnight or week or whatever their pay cycle is to ensure that they're directing their money where it should be going. Um, like we do that when we go to the gym. I don't go to the gym and do one Pilates class, one yoga class and expect that I've mastered it. I go, you know, five times in a seven-day period 
and then I have a couple of days of just resting or going for a swim or a nice walk and then I get back into it again. And as I do that over time, over years, I've started to see my body and my health and everything shift, but it takes time. And same thing with money. It's a, prog- it's a slow work in progress and it's internal as well as external. So a lot of people expect just money is about the, you know, seeing the numbers, seeing the bank account growing, but there's so much more involved in that, isn't there? And with that money coaching piece, it's, it's more the non-tangible stuff that I feel is the most powerful. Yeah, and when you said that, um, it's it, it became like a like a a money muscle, I guess for me, like because I can recall moments where in the beginning I'd be okay, I've got this heightened awareness around what my behaviours are around money. How do I go about changing them by using what I've learned through money coaching with you? And there would be times where I'd be on a roll. Yep, okay, I'm diligent here. You know, I'm sorted here. Yep, and then. I might go and splurge or, or I might go and behave or act out essentially. <laughs> but rather than being like, oh, you've, you've fallen back into bad behavior again, you know, it was, okay, I've just gone and done that thing that I would have done pre, that, you know, the old me would have done. All good. Just next, now you get upside again, you know, don't, don't do that again. <laughs> it was changing the self-talk, heightened awareness, and then, exercising that money muscle again you know and so the it would the time the time frame would become longer before I would maybe act out again and then yeah over time there's just none of that behavior anymore so it was just having to stay consistent and with that consistency there had to be the deep drive well for me anyway there was the deep drive of like wanting to like get rid of this negative block that I had with money you know I was just I was just so ready so, yeah. And with that, I mean, you did kind of create process sort of, you know, so you've got the internal and external scaffolds, so to speak, for lack of better wording. If you recall, I created a bit of a spreadsheet of your income and sort of your average, you know, your estimated expenses and the debt and just sort of demonstrated that you could have, how quickly you could clear that debt. Um, and you just went leaps and bounds with doing that because you just had, there was a, a bit of a roadmap. So that's a, the external scaffold, that, you know, process that you could follow to go every, every time you got paid, you knew where your money was going and the direction it was going in. But then there's that internal stuff where you were like so aware of the behaviours and attitudes and when you did have those little bit of a, whoops, you kind of could pick yourself up and move forward because I guess that the point is the piece of this is actually that awareness, right? So calling it out, seeing the behaviour and listening to that, those stories, the beliefs, and we realise that often these beliefs aren't even serving us. They're just things that have occurred when our, in our childhood that has nothing to do with who we are now but we've been carrying those beliefs. At the end of the day, we've got to... Sh- call them out and go, is that belief true? Is it real? And is it serving me? In your case, you really quickly uncovered that in yourself and went, it isn't serving me. This belief is bullshit, excuse my language. It's, you know, causing me to have this negative and gross relationship with money, which is affecting my personal relationships as well. Yes, definitely. It was, um, 
it was so good to find out where my patterns came from, where my beliefs came from, and even in some cases realize that they're not even mine in a way. They were, you know, someone else's. <laughs> yeah, my parents so or I've got, it, I've got it from someone else and thought, hang on a minute, like, they're not, they're not mine. I just, I just took them from you, you know. And so having to do the work around releasing that and going, okay, well, then figuring out what are my beliefs, what are my beliefs today? What are my true beliefs? What are my true values? And, you know, start making decisions around money based on those and not someone else's, which is really powerful for me. It's so true. I just, so for listeners to break down what a belief is. So for example, growing up, where I had um, my parents at one point had lots of money and then my dad and mum divorced and my, my dad's business failed. And then all of a sudden my mum was a single mum with three kids and was telling us we can't afford it, we can't afford. So I had this belief of one, you know, in it's subconscious but in, in my mind's, and I realised this as I've gotten older, is that um, money's scarce but when it comes in, it's like you've got to just like live it up while you've got it, right? So it was this sort of scare, you know, um, feast of famine, feast of famine. And I started seeing this pattern in my life, in my adult life, and it, it freaked me out when I realised it once I started doing this work and believing, well, that is actually not a belief I want to carry anymore. It shouldn't, money isn't feast and famine and money isn't always, like, going to be scarce. So when I get it, I've got to, you know, enjoy it for the moment. And then, then we're going to be stuck in this point of we can't afford it and we can't afford it because that's sort of what I was programmed as a child from what I saw from my parents. So it was about now going, money's actually going to keep coming. It's abundant and it's actually, and find evidence in my world where that is true. So seeing other people who run their own businesses that consistently bring the money in and grow their wealth and create um, consistency when it comes to wealth creation as opposed to feast and famine. So that's an example of belief. And another example is you know, money is evil or you've got to work really hard for money, uh, which then sort of, you know, an easy way of removing that belief is saying, well, if I, what about those people that are actually well invested and they're receiving money while they're sleeping because they're receiving dividends or a yield of some sort. Is that now eliminating that belief? It, well, it is, you know. So we've got to look at those beliefs that we've looked, you know, that we've taken on as children and reframe them and go, is this really true? And is this belief serving me? Yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was a huge part for me in terms of understanding the belief because for me personally there was a lot around you know having to um like we were taught um you know debt's bad don't want to have debt you know um like yeah don't want to you don't want to have debt debt's bad we we saw that you have to work really hard to to make ends meet and but then we were being taught you know, you've got to be really successful to earn earn the big bucks so you can kind of live a free life. And there was just lots of like, say one thing, behave another way. You know, we were just, well, I was really confused and I just thought, you know, my personality is very like, 
free. I want to live free. I want to have fun and I want to feel good. And based on my personal values, you know, money, it's hard to fit money in there because that's where it can get a little bit out of control and being a bit rebellious from, you know, where my beliefs came from in terms of my parents. It was just a real hot mess. And so, you know, doing, doing the exercise of, you know, where I first learned about money, when was my, you know, first memory of money, um, you know, kind of, and going back in time through a timeline of where I, where I discovered all these beliefs, you know, um, about money with you through that exercise was really nice to visually see, you know, just, just to see them and, and where, where I got them from. And then to, talk about the debt component with you one one game changer for me was that even though you might not have you know all this cash in the bank if you have a home you know or if you have if you have these loans that you know these reasonable loans like a house loan or even if you have a car because you need to go and drive to work and get places if you've got these things then you know, you're still wealthy. You're still abundant. You're, you've got assets. You've got these things. You're not just someone who's in debt. You know, you're working towards something. And that for me was, yeah, another perspective shift that helped me that because I was like, oh, yeah, I don't just have all this debt, you know, and my parents, debt's bad, debt's bad. And it's just like, oh, am I, am I bad for having all this debt? It's like no, it's it's good debt, you know, and um, yeah, that was that was another good uh, a good moment in my money timeline. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people get in this trap about debt, right? And there, then you know, as you've explained earlier, you know, you can touch emotions like shame, even a, a feeling of discomfort to it. But if you, I mean, look at what is it purchased for me? What is it? What is it? Where is it head taking me? You know, there is good ba- debt and there's bad debt, um, but sometimes some, some of the debt is actually very necessary and like getting a home, keeping the roof over your head, that's actually a way of gr- growing your wealth that is actually a wealth strategy. It is a lifestyle debt. And, yeah, getting a car, when you get in that car or when you're doing that car repayment, it's a matter of shifting and going, well, how amazing is it that I somebody has trusted me to loan me the money so I can have this vehicle? So out of that, I'm going to be able to go to work and have build, build more and create more because I have this vehicle. And as a result, when I pay my repayments, I'm super excited, super grateful, super blessed uh, to bless them back with the money that has been loaned to me. So it's a very different perspective and shift, and that is incredibly liberating, um, especially if you've had that experience where you feel shame. Uh, and a uh, you know a icky feeling about borrowing money because your childhood had told you that you can't have debt or uh, you know owe people money, but it's a you know you've got to look at it from a, a different mindset really, and that's the whole point is right mindset. Yeah, that was again big for me because I carried so much shame and guilt around the the act of loaning money of being loaned money. And, you know, um, from an energetic level, which we spoke about, um, you know, I've got an open mind is that those feelings and emotions are such a low vibration and, and 
you know, the law of attraction. That's what I was putting out. I was putting out this shame and guilt and this low-level vibration to the world. Like there was no way I was receiving anything good back in terms of in terms of feeling abundant. And so, yeah, acknowledging that um, I had that block with asking someone for money because I was in a really low part of my life. You know, I'd just experienced um, at the time I had a partner who was. Um, a gambling and, and drug addict who, which, which I didn't know about at the time. And so when it all kind of blew up in, in front of me, I just was like, whoa, like, okay, all of my money's been gambled away. Um, now I need to ask for help. How do I ask for help when I've been so independent my whole life, when my parents have taught me that debt's bad? You know, I, there's so much shame and guilt around my situation and yeah, I just held that burden inside of me for so long. And then learning that, you know, my situation was what it was and how, how can I shift the shame and guilt into something that was going to attract abundance in my life? Not necessarily in cash money. I mean, that would be amazing too, but just more abundance in, in any way that is like making me feel grateful for what I already have and I think that was the first step for me so being grateful that like you said someone would loan me money you know rather than feeling embarrassed about it being grateful for it and then knowing that you work really hard to be able to pay it back and 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 pay it forward as well and so it was just little steps like that shifting shifting my mindset and then you know I I come to today where I'm so comfortable in receiving and I'm really comfortable in, in giving. And that's just the flow that I have now. That's so beautiful. I love that. So uh, a lot of people attach receiving to feeling controlled or to all of these negative things, but it's so liberating to go, I am so open to receive. And as you receive, you receive more. As you become more open, more comes in. And I'm open to give. And because you're open to give, more comes in. And there's this beautiful sort of flow, as you just put. And, you know, and it does sound weird when we talk about energy, but it is, at the end of the day, this is actually science, as we've spoken before. Like I don't, I don't want to um, scare people off, but we can see it as an energetic experience and see our, you know, from a vibrational point of view, but that's what we are. We're matter and we're divine beings. And when we sort of step into that and we start seeing ourselves that way, we can start propelling forward as these divine beings and actually start stepping into the future self, stepping into that person that we desire to be as opposed to being trapped to who we were. And that's something I've, I've watched you do. It's been an absolute pleasure to see you just go from leaps and bounds. That woman that I met over 18 months ago to the woman that you are now and how far you've already come, which excites me to how far you're going to be going. You know, you're just going to keep on going, keeping on striding forward in all areas of your life. And this isn't something that's limited to just money, right? I mean, money is the issue that, you know, you had, but it can be expanded into all areas of your life where you can actually call in more positive experiences and more positive relationships, more positive outcomes through the work you do, through the work you do, through your community in all sorts of areas that can really help you just grow and enjoy life and abundance. 
Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, I mean, each to their own, but for me in particular, I have now also reached a point of just contentment. Like I am not someone who needs a lot. I don't need a, a big, you know, six bedroom house. I don't need, um, you know, the fanciest car on the market. I don't, I don't need anything, you know, too extreme the, you know, the little house that we have, the, the nice, comfortable automatic car that I now have, the, the ability to pay for like my, you know, exercise routines or like group activities or just the lifestyle that I have. I'm, I'm so happy with it and I don't need anything more. I don't need to work towards anything more at this moment. And I'm, I'm happy just sitting in this, in this, comfortable level where I'm, I'm receiving and I'm giving and I'm, I'm abundant with everything that I have, with all the things that I have and the amount of money that's like in my bank account, I don't need to, to have it. Um, I'm not sitting there going, I just want to increase it. I just want to increase it. You know, what can I do to increase it? I'm just sitting here and enjoying it for right now, you know, cause it's not, it's not a stressful place to be in. It's, it's comfortable. So Yeah. And isn't that really what we want, you know, just to be in a space of comfort, a space where, I mean, that's liberating, that's freedom when you're not sort of bound to the stress of it, but actually completely at peace with where you're at. I mean, I think a lot of us actually have been striving to find that. They just can't pinpoint that that is actually what it is. But I think you've just nailed it there in saying that you're just at peace with where you're at. And, you know, when people, you ask people, well, when I ask people what they want around their finances, you know, people will go freedom and um, not to be stressed and this and that. But I think you've just, you've just nailed it in that respect. It's a place where you're just completely content. You know what's coming, you know what's going, you've got this lovely flow, you know what you need, you know that your life is being fulfilled and that's really beautiful. I really appreciate that you've been sharing this today, Chelsea. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. That's okay. Thanks so much. I've I've loved to chat about it and reflect. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I get on this podcast a lot, talk about money and mindset, and I thought I've actually never had a guest on who's been through the process with me. And I'm, you know, obviously you came to be the first person I wanted to invite because. You were the fastest trans, like transition. Uh, in six months, you had some debt that was cleared. Like I couldn't get over how quick you shifted and took on board everything. You're a perfect coachable student there. In that respect, you were like, yep, I get it, and you ran with it. So I thought, well, got to get you on the show. Got to get you on to explain how somebody can actually adopt these concepts and really put it in practice and how that looks in your life. Yes, and if anyone is thinking about money coaching or if anyone is in a, in a similar place, you know, I cannot recommend this higher. It's, it is hands down a pinpoint of my timeline of my life that has completely changed the direction of my life. And, you know, money is, I don't say unfortunately now, but I used to say unfortunately money is like, you know, a huge part of our life. We can't live without it. But when we find the way that, you know, it, it best works for us to how to manage it, life becomes so much more enjoyable 
and easy. So yeah, if anyone is interested in doing it, I highly recommend. Thank you. That was a great plug. I really appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm actually about to launch a course which includes the coaching concept of money mindset coaching. So, you know, part of the course is financial literacy, of course, being that being one of my passions. But I don't believe that you will be financially successful if someone just told you how to manage money. I believe the financial success actually comes with the mindset piece. And so I'm teaching both concepts into this course. And I felt that, you know, getting you on to explain and so beautifully and eloquently you have what money mindset coaching really is and how you can shift. Because once you get that, you know, the, the rest of it, all of the text, all the money mechanics of money and how to move it and pay things off and everything, that just is easy. Like that's a no brainer, but it's that mental shift is probably the most challenging initially, but it pays off in dividends in, you know, finance speak, no, sorry, no pun intended, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, the, I agree completely. I can't help myself. It's my language. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crunching money sides of things, the crunching numbers sides of things, it, I feel like it just comes, it comes easier than what it would if you were to jump into that side of things first, for me anyway. I just felt like once, once you kind of do the work, do the internal work, the money sides of things is literally just a, a map to follow, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, it's your roadmap and you get to create what that looks like for yourself too, which is really cool because that's true freedom, right? Yes. Well, I'm going to wrap this up because this, I could talk about this all day long and I know you've come here on a Sunday to have this chat, which I greatly appreciate. But I'm going to just love you and leave you and thank you so much for all of these insights and for sharing your story. And I'm so proud of you. I think you've just done so well. I can't wait to see where you're going to head, you know, and where you're going to land in the future as, as you sort of keep evolving, keep growing and having this constant awareness and sort of, I guess, it's this bit of a spiritual journey as well. So with you know, pending wedding and all sorts of things happening in your life. Yes, yeah, so much. It's it's, I'm at a really exciting time of my life, you know, all the, all the big things happening. So watch this space. You'll be a part of, you'll be a part of that. And who knows, my, my map will change. So I'll need some guidance on what that will look like. So very excited. I'm always here to help. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank you, Amy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share the love, like, and share all posts. Social links are in the show notes below. Please note that any information shared in this podcast is general in nature and not to be perceived as financial advice. Please seek advice from a licensed financial advisor, just like me. We also want to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation as the traditional custodians of this country we record this podcast in. We recognize their continuing connection to the land and waters and thank them for protecting this coastline and its ecosystems since time immemorial.